Welcome into Paydirt Sports. I'm Will Dundon. I've got Nick Trucial and Reese Bennett is back in the house. We got our little uh, crew. Looks like we got a consistent podcast ready to go with the, with this crew right here. This tr- terrible trio. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be here. What about you, Reese? I don't want to call it the A team, but I think that's what we might have. I think so too. I think honestly. we might have found it. I think we did, boys. All right, boys. So what happened this past weekend? Let's just dive into it. Uh, I guess main storyline. Uh, was it today or yesterday? Yesterday, I believe. Was it Bobby, yesterday? It was yeah. Sunday. The, the great broke Sunday. The great Bobby Bowden passed away. It's pretty sad. I mean, he's one hell of a coach, one of the best out there. R.I.P. Man. Well, what was he? Second winningest coach of all time. Yeah, we're looking up some of these stats, and so he's second winningest coach in major college football history. Three hundred eighty-nine wins. That's pretty insane. Well, and some of his craziest accomplishments are stuff that's really unheard of. I mean, maybe Saban's done it, I guess, but yeah. What what was it? How many like eleven bowl victories in a row? Yeah, eleven bowl victories, and then fourteen consecutive ten win seasons from nineteen eighty seven to two thousand. That's insane. Yeah. Just that type of 14 success. Fourteen consecutive ten win seasons. Well, and the bowl victories for me does it because, especially in this day and age, where it seems like we have. Teams that sometimes don't necessarily get up for bowl games, especially yeah. when you're when you're Florida State back then, and you're thinking national title every year. Yeah, to still get your team up and go and dominate and have pride in their school and win bowl games and win that many in a row. I mean, you would think even just out of pure, you know, a fluke game or something. something yeah, would something happen. would happen. But I mean, Coach Bowden always had his boys ready to go. Well, and I swear there was some stat. I don't know if we found it, and I may be. Talk. I'm, this may not be true. I'm pretty sure I've heard it before, though. The amount of top ten finishes he had. No, what I was about to say is from 1987 to 2000, Florida State finished inside the top five every single year. Top five. That's what it was. It's insane. Wow. That is what you that's call. That's unreal. I mean, that's it's, a dynasty because he what he had a couple I mean, national championships in there in the meantime, yeah, didn't mm-hmm. he? That's that's insane to me to finish. I mean, it's one thing to finish top ten. Like I don't. I don't know of any other. How many years is that? From what what years did you say it was 13, from? 14. 13, 14 years. Yeah. I mean, I don't know of any other coaches that have done. Even Saban, I feel like has finished like when they if they had, lose a bowl game or something or don't win the Natty. I've seen them fall out of the top five before oh, at the yeah. end of the year. Well, and you saw Trujillo. You saw a stat that said. That Florida State team, I forget what year it was, but they were the first team to ever go wire to wire, yeah, number one. Wire to wire, number one. So they never dropped. Yeah, they never dropped. That was either the, I want to say the 93 season, or no, it was 99, excuse me. Yeah. Which was, is just an which insane. Is, it was 99. They won that year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. They beat Virginia Tech, and that's uh, the year after year. Tennessee beat them in the national championship. Which is such an insane stat to think, you know, again, along with kind of what I said about fluke bowl games, you would think there'd be a week where, you know, the media just had their eye on someone else and you might drop. But no, they they had targets on their backs all year yeah. and kept it going all year. I mean, like I said, great coach, great guy. Yeah. I mean, I feel like he caught a little flack for honestly what it was, was caring about his players, you know. You see, some people may say he, he let some guys get away with some stuff, but I kind of look at it the way Saban had a press conference about it. You know, what are you going to do? Just give up on these guys? Yeah. What do you do if you take football away from them? If you take them out of your supervision, what do they end up doing? You know, you yeah. have no idea where their lives could end up going. And I think that's one cool thing about Bowden is I feel like he really lived out his faith, and that was something he preached a lot of. Yeah. was caring about his players, caring 100%. about the faith he had in his in his Christianity and everything. I mean, just an awesome man, and sad to see him go. Yeah, I was watching some old ESPN clips of. Uh, Reporters and coaches and friends in his life, and they showed Bobby Bowden talking about, you know, some troubled players that he had and that kind of thing. And he said, you know, when I was a kid, I was given a second chance. And if I never gave these guys, some of these kids who make mistakes or they get into trouble, if I never gave them a second chance, you know, I wouldn't be doing my part as their coach and as like a father figure to them. So it's awesome that when he was younger, he got a second chance and then. For a lot of these guys who played for him, he was able to give them a second chance if they messed up, and that's really important. I'm sure it made a change in a lot of those kids' lives. Well, and I think that's something that's overlooked. When these kids are committing to a school, 
you have coaches like Bobby Bowden going to their house to their parents and basically say, I'm going to be your kid's parent. I'm going to take care of him while he's away at school. I'm going to look after him. So really it seems like an obvious choice when you think about it like that. Of course he's going to be there for his players. And, you know, there's there comes a certain point, right, where some players you give them second chance after second so, chance. Yeah, they, right? they cross the line one to me. Right. Yeah. And that's one thing because then it's – I care about you too much to let you keep doing this. I Something has to stop. But, again, like we said, Bowden was just great at taking care of his players. And I think going on a recruiting pitch, talking to a kid's parents, explaining you're going to take care of him, and then actually living that out and building men. I mean, that's what you're doing as a football coach. Yeah. I think that gets overlooked, especially at the high school and college level. His goal was to grow men. Obviously, he wanted national championships. He wanted to win. He was a competitor. But I think more than anything, he loved molding men. I agree. He was the real life version of Denzel Washington and Remember the Titans. <laughs> really? How about it? Probably breaking down some barriers. Dude, speaking of, I haven't have y'all watched Remember the Titans yet? This I fall? I mean This fall? Yeah. Like before football season? Right. I feel like that's like kinda... as a pre football season ritual, like getting your mind right for the upcoming season of Incredible that's actually a great like storyline. No, I feel like it's a must because usually, you know, you flip on the TV. Usually, it's on TV somewhere. That's and like I'm sure... watching a Christmas story before Christmas. Exactly, yeah. and I feel like uh, because of streaming and everything, you know, people aren't watching as much network TV and everything. Right. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's why I haven't watched it because usually you flip on ABC Family or something, and it's on three that's times right a weekend or whatever. <laughs> but that's that's one thing. I have a few just preseason rituals for me. Once once June hits, really, I get pretty hungry for football. Once July hits, I'm starving for it. Oh, yeah. And usually, oh, what'll yeah. happen is I'll go in. I'll I'm you know I'm reading articles every week on my teams. I'm getting ready for the season, but then I just have to watch something, right? Highlight videos oh, yeah. will do it or something. But then I'll go and rewatch every season of Last Chance You or something just to get something going, right? Oh yeah. I can't. I cannot look at enough pictures of Derrick Henry to satisfy <laughs> me. My mouth is watering for Tennessee Titans football, but also college football, but mostly mostly Titans. So, yeah. And what's a that's a good one. What what other rituals do I have? Uh, hard knocks coming on tomorrow. Yeah, yeah hard, hard knocks. knocks we're going to definitely talk about it once it comes out. We are. We're. I think that's probably something we'll do a hard knocks segment each oh, yeah. show after each episode, oh, yeah. which it'll come out about a week after. But we'll be able to. I think that kind of works out well because our podcast will come out the day of the newest episode. Mm-hmm. So we'll be able to kind of recap right before you go into that next the episode. The morning yeah, haters right. can listen to it before they watch the episode at yeah. night. Yeah, That's another thing we talked about. Reese had a buddy reach out to him uh, that claimed to I'll be I'll give a- him a shout out. My, my best friend, Matt Cox, uh, soldier like myself, but he's, uh, he's been listening to podcasts. Big fan. Keep going. I was just saying, we, we need to figure out a good... What, what did he say? He self-proclaimed himself a pay-dirter. A pay-dirter, yeah. I think I think that's all right, but may, maybe that's what we go with. We're, but hey, listeners, if you have an idea of what uh, we need to refer to you as, yeah. as our award-winning listeners, our number one fans... Yeah. DM yeah. us, tweet us, email put us. Put in the comments of Instagram. I One of the ideas I had were the groundhogs, you know, because dirt. I like that. I, I like that a lot, too. I, I mean, it's kind of silly, but... We might have to do a Twitter poll. Dig we, it. Oh, I dig it. Oh, might be on to something. <laughs> that's, I think that's a good idea. But yeah, dude, Hard Knocks is kind of when I feel like everyone around the country really they starts... to get ready. They start going, oh, it's it's football time. And the great thing about Hard Knocks is you, you get this team, and a lot of times, this year it's the Cowboys, so a lot of teams, a lot of people... Oh, there's going to be so much Jerry Jones. There there will be. Oh, yeah. You know he'll want his FaceTime. I feel like with the Cowboys, it's a little more popular. Maybe it might be the, the media might be a little more in on it. Fans mm-hmm. might be a little more interested. But usually I love it because you take a team. Like for us, we don't really care about the Cowboys. We know them. There's some recognizable names on there. But usually you get to see this team that you really don't know a lot about. Yeah. Especially on the inside, which we'll get to see. Yeah. And you get an inside look, and it's just you kind of be, start becoming fans of maybe not the team, but different players. There's always some wild, some wild characters. That's what Hard Knocks does so well is you find these guys who are either just scraping to make the team that you fall in love with as the underdogs, or they just bring up some weird dudes. I'm thinking of the Crystal guy from the Browns. Hard Knocks. <laughs> oh. Does anyone remember him? Long hair, tight end. 
Oh, I wish I, I, don't I wish I could remember his name. He was really into crystals. That's all I remember. He oh, just, like crystal, like burgers? No, no, like no, no. Like crystals. crystals. Like oh. they're, the energy like they give gemstones. off. Like gemstones. Yeah. The, yes. the energy they give off. He was very zen. He was a magician in his, when he wasn't playing football. Probably. Something like that. And then you got, of course, the, dude, the Browns. That was a really good one, honestly. One of my favorite Hard Knocks moments was when the, it was, I think the Texans have done it multiple times, but it was when the Texans did it and Brian Cushing was on the team. Oh, oh yeah. All times, He's like, insane. Crazy guy. Total, like, steroid dude. But oh, yeah. um, Alfred Blue, a backup running back yep. for the Texans, was yep. talking smack to Brian Cushing. And then they did a drill against each other, and Brian Cushing just like forklifted the fuck out of him, and yeah. just wrecked him, and it was well, awesome. And he what, just started talking about how Alfred Blue was such a bum after that. What happened was, I think they did a drill, and Alfred Blue like ran by him or something, yeah, and yeah. he kind of jawed after it. And Cushing, he wasn't having any no. of that. He was like, "Run it again, Blue." That's what <laughs> yeah. he said. Run it again, Blue. That was so. And yeah, and like you said, just what a sumo plexism into the yeah. Dirt. No, I think Cushing's like exact verbiage was I just forklifted your ass yeah I think you're right something like that that was a great great. season because honestly Bill O'Brien was actually alright as a Hard Knocks character but then you had Cushing and J.J. Watt both in the I mean you just had a dynamic duo of content there yeah that might have been the same season that DeAndre Hopkins like oh, it broke is. D'Angelo De- Hall's yeah, D'Angelo Hall. That tweet, I was just watching that that tweet came up the other day all time I've probably seen that tweet every year Every multiple times out. a year mm-hmm. yeah. since that Hard Knocks mm-hmm. came out, however many years ago it was, I favored it every time, and every single time I have to watch it. Oh yeah, because D'Angelo Hall is just—it's when DeAndre Hopkins is a little younger. Yeah, yeah. it's like no, so he's still proving himself. Like so, right so Hall just is like trying to baby bro him a little bit, or big bro him, whatever you want to call yeah. it. And DeAndre Hopkins just—I feel God, bro. <laughs> I, feel, <laughs> I feel God. Yeah, he's like I forgot. And then he just, gosh, just. It, it, it was so subtle. It was so effortless for DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. That's what was funny about it. He just does a little stutter then, step, and then he does another and c- does a comeback route. And I've never seen someone just crumble. I mean, he, he crumbled. crumbled. His one ankle went one way, and he collapsed and was flailing as he went down. He couldn't even fall yeah, right. Somebody sniped his foot. Yeah, I mean, it was. He had to get carried off. It was amazing. It was a serious and, and, injury. And Hopkins just like walked off the field and did like the Jordan shrug. He's like, "Yeah, what?" He was like, "I don't start anything. I just finish it." Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. that may be my favorite Hard Knocks moment. That's one of the. Great, I think it's got it. That's be. one of the all time ones. And that, like we said, that Texan season, man, it was so good. The last year, who dude, uh, last was, year sucked. Well, last man. year sucked because they I all mean, they talked about was COVID, COVID and everything. Yeah. But it was awesome to see. Uh, Dang, what's his name? The head coach for the Rams. He would McVay. just spike his hair McVay. all the time. Yeah, yeah. Sean McVay. Wearing the, always the face shield hair. and everything. <laughs> well, then you had that weird... Do you remember the linebacker they had? No. Who he was, he was from Baylor, and he was trying to make the team. And I think they ended up offering a practice squad spot. And I think he was supposed to show up to a meeting, and he had just driven to Carolina. I think he had, like... I think he had told... The Rams, yeah, I'm going to come play for you. But his dad was an assistant or worked in the uh, front office for the Panthers, where Matt Rule was, you know, Baylor guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I think he just left without telling anyone, and he just and went like, and played. Uh, and where is this guy? I'm like, that's not very cool. But he disappeared. All so right. he just ran away to Carolina. Yeah, pretty much to go that's be with crazy. his dad. Which, dude, you're a grown man. You don't need to like just follow your daddy. I mean, go go do your own thing. Yeah. Why? Well, I- I would want to play for the Rams or the Panthers too. Yeah, that too. You're in, dude. You're in, in LA. LA. Yeah, they got a new stadium, dude. You're in a new LA. Stadium and teams way better than the Panthers too. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, yeah I mean, who do they? Know. Who's uh? I'm I'm blanking. Sam Darnold's going to be their quarterback, like which I I still kind of have hope in Sam. Oh Darnold. yeah, I feel yeah. like he's got a chance at. I liked him coming out of USC, and you know, Jets careers go to die there. But yeah. and who knows? Maybe he won't be that good. But I have a. I don't know. I, I think I can see Sam Darnold kind of pulling it together and being a pretty good Panthers quarterback. As far as kind of other NFL storylines, where are we at? Deshaun Watson's kind of a big one. Yeah. Any so, idea if he's going to play? I don't think so. Is he Because I saw a, a reporter, I believe, from the Houston Chronicle today saying that Watson will not play a down for the Houston Texans this season. Oh, wow. Or won't ever play another down for the Houston uh, Houston Texans. So. so he's going to the Broncos. I heard he was going to the Someone's, Eagles. That's the other thing. So I think that was – I, I heard that too, but that may have been 
false. That may have been false rumors. Fake, fake news. Yeah, fake news. Maybe. I mean, I'm not. I'm not shutting it down though. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I, I heard it was fake news, but that could have also we'll been, have could have been double fake news. But he came out to Texans training camp wearing. It was a weird situation. They showed it on. It was either ESPN or handcuffs. NFL Network. He's wearing handcuffs. No, no, sadly, but. <laughs> Should be probably, but anyway, he came out wearing his you know red quarterback jersey, and he walked out on the field, and then took off the red quarterback jersey, and but then was just... was just a really small washcloth <laughs> towel. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that would have been he would have been canceled. I mean, yeah, how does he? I mean, I don't know how he has. I don't know how he hasn't canceled. been. Well, well, we don't need to get into we, that. But, yeah, yeah, we don't have to get into that. But it, it was a weird sight seeing him. He went out to the practice field. Like suited up, I guess. Took off his red jersey and then was just taking snaps from centers. But I don't. That's centers, weird. I, I don't felt think he like, really did anything. Regardless of the accusations against him, I felt like he wouldn't even show up to camp normally because he didn't want to play for them anymore. That was the other thing. Yeah, dude. He what a wild story. You come out basically I, saying, first of all, being a baby, like you don't want to play for this team, and then. Everything just comes yeah. out, and it's like, "Hey, bro, uh, you're not playing for any anyone." Team. Yeah. What What's gonna happen? What's gonna happen though? I would think in a year or two, some desperate team's just gonna say, "Hey, yeah, come play." Yeah, for us. I mean, you've seen it happen with Kareem Hunt and the Browns. Uh, he got his second chance. Hell, Ray Lewis murdered somebody, and he uh, he's been around forever, so. which is just very overlooked forever. And it, yeah, yeah. Also. Didn't Marvin Harrison maybe murder somebody? Yeah, he definitely did. He, uh, I was just reading about this recently. It's funny that you mention it. It was Dwight Dixon, a uh, local drug dealer, that would uh, regularly try and get into this club that Marvin Harrison had. And he got shot, lived, said uh, it was Marvin Harrison that shot him. Nothing ever really came up of it. And then a few months later, same dude gets shot again, dies. Um, and they found like Marvin Harrison hiding a pistol. Apparently, he had hired some people to do it. I don't know. It was a huge mess. But I was just reading the story the other day, so that's funny you bring it up. Yeah, but I mean, if Ray Lewis and Marvin Harrison can get away with murder, I'm, Deshaun Watson's probably gonna go to the Seahawks or something later. Well, and I think this is the perfect chance for the Raiders to get their bad boy image oh, back. Gosh. <laughs> Just bring Deshaun Watson on over. Say we don't care. We're just yeah. gonna win. Yeah, we need to win some football games. They haven't really had a bad. They should do a straight up trade: Mariota for Watson. Which I feel like Gruden. <laughs> that is, you know, that's totally fair. <laughs> Equal parts. I feel like Gruden is able to prop. I don't know. He's what about I Antonio have, Brown? I, I when have mixed he went there. feelings about Gruden. Sometimes I feel like he's kind of a stand up guy. Other times I wonder if he's a slime ball. So I could see him turning that into a redemption story but I could also but the main reason is because I could see him loving getting to have Deshaun Watson come over and play for him and get to coach oh, him. Yeah. You calling him a possible slime ball probably has nothing to do with him uh like really really teasing the Tennessee Volunteers maybe a few years ago. I mean, I like him honestly. I don't think he would have been that good of a His college thing, coach. He just, he seems like, that, that to me showed he just has a little too big of an ego. Cause he kind of, he was rumored to have said basically he just liked the attention essentially. Not his exact words, but that was yeah. essentially what the gist of it was. He just enjoyed kind of playing with him a little bit and being wanted. Like, come on, man. Yeah. I guess I can't say I blame him. But um, yeah, no, the, t- the, the Raiders have definitely gotten away from their bad boy image. Derek Carr is like the whitest, and nicest guy ever. Yeah. So when I think of the Raiders, I just think of and their Derek Carr being Mariota. really nice, and then you know Mike Mayock trying to get Antonio <laughs> Brown to wear the right helmet, and it didn't work. Well, and Carr's just kind of the most normal guy. That was one yeah. thing I remember from when they did Hard Knocks. Mm-hmm. He's just normal. Nothing really inter. Which I, I mean, that's fine, but not super fiery really or anything. No. Just kind of a guy out yeah. there, and he was. Him and Mariota, back in their younger days, they everyone thought they were the future of the NFL. And yep, and they both they both broke their legs. Yeah, yep. Same and day, Mariota had that. Yeah, arm same day of injury. I was kind of sad about that because I was like one of the guys who was like, kind of. It was it was a bunch of hype, but I was like, dude, Derek Carr's gonna be sick. He's gonna be like a he, top. I mean, he looked like he was like going a top to be five guy. Yeah. The, the Raiders were looking like a solid team for a little bit there. They, didn't they win ten or eleven games, something like that? Yeah, one something year like that. Him? Yeah, yeah well, I mean, they look solid anymore. and just haven't been able to pull it back together. 
let's talk uh let's talk titans a little bit we are for those of you who don't know i know we have worldwide listeners shout out germany shout out ireland shout out britain the uk yeah. the UK. uk all of the uk yeah, all basically. Of, yeah europe we'll just shout out europe there europe. we go shout yeah, out europe. europe shout out america shout out the eu um but we are based out of nashville we were some nashville guys we grew up titans fans so we are going to talk a little titans every now and then one thing out of that out of the training camp i've seen that we talked about earlier that the titans are not accustomed to having is some serious competition at the receiver spot oh yeah you, this is the first year I can remember where I know seven receivers' names in training camp. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. You have legitimate guys who can play. You have your top three that are yeah. kind of far away. You have Julio, yeah. AJ, and Reynolds. a pretty big drop to Josh Reynolds, but yeah. still a good guy who can yeah. he, six he, or he seven hundred receiving yeah. Yeah. yards he did, maybe. He, you know? he did pretty well for L.A. last year. And imagine what he can do when – the top two guys are AJ and Julio, and they're being guarded. Yeah, exactly. Probably going to pay any attention to him. I mean, open it up for him and Ferkser. Ferkser is going to be a guy who every, everyone has kind of been saying he's going to have a big year on the seam every single play. Yeah, but then also you hear names like Marcus Johnson. One thing I heard was if you were to ask the media, the the local media who's been at all the Titans training camps, who are a couple guys. Who just every single day you notice or have brought it down? Grind. Marcus Johnson is one of those guys yeah. that has been impressive. Has been impressive day in and day out, which is just interesting. And then who's who's our guy from LSU that we got wide receiver? Racy McMath. Oh yeah, I've been hearing good things about him good too. Things. I've been Des Fitzpatrick. He's been out there. Chester Rogers. Yeah, I mean, Chester like, Rogers is listed like we said before. Uh, he's listed as the starting punt returner currently. Yeah. But even and then even a guy like Batson, who you know. I mean, nothing special really, but a guy who can, who's an asset he can, to the he team. He can burn you a little bit nothing here and special. there. Yeah. This guy was like the number one target at Texas Tech for Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> that is very true. Future Hall of Famer. There's murmurs around Cam Batson being a future Hall of Famer. Tyreek Hill Sr., maybe we yeah. should say. Tyreek <laughs> yeah. Hill before Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill 2.0. That's right. No, but they've, they've said some good things about Des Fitzpatrick too. Apparently, his execution has been lacking a little bit, but he's had flashes. Flashes. That's kind of what I've got. Good too. length is what they like to say in the you know recruiting world. Well, you got to remember all those guys we just the majority of those guys we just named aren't high level high round draft picks necessarily. What did yeah. we get Fitzpatrick in actually? Fourth, I believe. Fourth. So you know you kind of want to see maybe a little or maybe third. Now that I think wow. about because I think Rashad Weaver Edge was fourth. So I, I think Dez Fitzpatrick, was fifth. Was it fifth? Was it fifth? Or, I'll look up the draft. Yeah, we'll see. But re, I mean, regardless. You're not necessarily looking to get a ton out of any of these guys, but the fact that you're hearing good things about yeah. most of them, and you know they are rookies, they're going to take it's going to take them time to get accustomed to the speed to the NFL game. You know, if you can just keep these guys around and keep getting them better, they can turn into the next Nate Washington. Dare I say? <laughs> oh gosh, Nate Washington was a legend. Goat. Yeah, what do y'all think about uh, Dylan? Is it Raidens or Raddens? He's he's kind of had a rough. Yeah, go, he's had a he? rough go, and seeing uh, Trey Smith listed as a starting right guard for the Kansas City Chiefs coming out of the sixth round is pretty frustrating. Well, and they listed uh, Raidens as the backup right guard now. Who's starting over him, Lamb? Uh, no, th- th- he got moved to guard. Oh, okay. Well, the depth chart came out today. Obviously, it's unofficial, but uh, yeah. Kendall Lamb and Sam Brelo were both listed either or starting at right tackle. Oh, okay. Um, and then, yeah, Raiden's apparently got moved over to right guard and is backing up Nate Davis. So That's one thing. I feel. I mean, I feel pretty confident in our O-line. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not saying I don't yeah, feel confident I mean, there. Got, that guy, Kendall Lamb from the Browns, I mean, he's got NFL experience. I don't think yeah. he's going to be. Well, but then obviously he's not going to throw anyone Houston. away. But Nate, Nate Davis has kind of looked like he's he was a good choice, good draft. Oh, yeah. Nate sure. Davis, I think, has turned out phenomenal. Ben Jones has been insane for well, yeah, Ben, ben Jones and I mean Lawan's going to be back. A lot of people, yeah. I feel like a Luan lot of people so for back. well, I feel like a lot of people forgot about that that we didn't have Lawan for ent- that second half of the season. Oh, it was more than that. He yeah. only played like what four or five games. I don't have the stats in front of me, but Lawan, the Titans' record with Lawan playing both regular season and playoffs is so much better than without him. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he, I mean he's a top 
top left tackle in the league. One of the yeah. top and he's five a vocal leaders, leader on the team you know. too. Like that's the other thing. He's a big leader, big locker room guy. Yeah, that gets, huge one. That doesn't get talked about enough in the NFL. And I feel sets like, the tone have, on the field. Yeah, you have so many. It's different because you have grown men. It's a little harder to be a vocal leader when you have so many guys who are leaders in their own rights, kind of. But yeah. Lawan is definitely a guy who is honestly. I mean, he's not anymore with kind of the rise of Derrick Henry, but for a, a while was the face of our franchise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, him and Mariota were. Yeah. For sure. They were. And he's kind of the last of the old guard of the Titans those years, 2014, 2015. Yeah, when we were really where bad. Where we were so bad. Like, he, he was down in the Because he was drafted, what, 2013, I want to say? Yeah. He's been, I mean, so, he's been around for a little while now. So it, he's, uh, been, he's been in it's crazy how time on flies. both ends of the spectrum. You know, he's been on a team that, I think won three games or less. Two games. Two games. Yeah, when we picked Mariota. And, you know, he's been a guy that took us to the AFC championship. So he's awesome. He's gonna be he's gonna be so helpful this season, you know. In the locker room and on the field. It's exciting for sure. And then you hear names like Christian Fulton. I uh, I think he's been doing really well in camp. Yeah. Vrabel Vrabel came out and I think said that guy doesn't even look like the same player from last year. I saw that article. Which is always good to hear. Oh, I feel that's like. so nice. Which and that's that's what we that's what I was kind of saying before. You have a guy after that rookie year, you know, get accustomed to the game. Maybe it's time he. And takes for a corners, jump. it takes it it takes a year. I feel like for the majority yeah. of corners, corners like the, tough, man. the speed is so different in the NFL, and there are so many good receivers out there. It's and the quarterbacks are so good. Like well, it's just hard. Well, to and you don't get the uh, in college. You get the five. You get the five yards of contact. Don't mm-hmm. you not get that in the NFL? I don't think you do. I don't think you can, you know, no, grab on. No, I think you the... can. Can't you? I don't know. Uh, I feel like it's definitely a little more flag happy in the NFL. Yeah, a little least. more like so hold, you, defensive you holding. You definitely can't get away with as yeah. much. So those real physical corners especially have a tough time adjusting because they're used to, you know, grabbing onto guys and pushing them around a little bit. Yeah. Well, yeah, and every guy in the NFL is huge. So Exactly. You're not, you're not going up against guys from McNeese State like you would maybe one or two times playing college ball at LSU. Yeah. You know, you don't have those gimme games. Every single game you play in the NFL, you're going up a guy against guys who are insane football right. players. They're at the top of their game. Even though they might be a second or third string receiver on the Browns, they're still really good. Every single guy you go up against is going to have something on you. Oh, yeah. Is going to have some sort of advantage, whether it be size, speed, Agility, strength, yeah, yeah whatever. And Route, it, like, they just run clean routes. It's, you know, it's whatever. probably on, like, you know, you talk about it a lot, but going up against Julio Jones and AJ Brown in practice probably helps, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. Gosh, I—that's I, one thing that has me a little more hopeful for the defense. Our offense is just so good, yeah. and you're practicing against that every day. The Titans have, I believe, since 2019, since, more, more touchdowns than any other team. Yeah, yeah. They have since, the most touchdowns. I mean, since Tannehill has started, we've had the best offense statistically in the NFL. As much as the national media doesn't like to talk about us. Right. And one thing about Tannehill that a few people were worried about, apparently he's been throwing a few picks in in practice. First of all, it's practice. I don't really care. Yeah. But he even came out and said... We're talking about practice. <laughs> he even came out and said, dude, it's it's training camp. This is the time where, you know, yeah, you're, he's he's going to take some gambles, try to see if he can fit balls in certain spaces because you want to be able you're to do that. You're getting the timing back. Right. Yeah. You want to get that well, and you want to see kind of the chemistry between you and the receiver. Hey, if I throw this jump ball over here, is he going to go and get it? Can I trust this yeah. guy to go and get it's it? It's a catch twenty-two. He may be throwing picks, but also the DBs are making plays. Yeah, yeah. that's right. There we that's go. That's right. And to kind of talk about the the defense too, I saw Jayon Brown was talking about actually having a defensive coordinator this year has done wonders for the communication across the whole defense. Well, so, and that that's uh, good to hear because a lot of people were definitely worried about just promoting Shane Bowen after he yeah. was on staff last year and they didn't give him the job. So what's the deal with that? Yeah. But that's good to hear. But that just the giving that title, like it. Mm-hmm. I think, kind of it, it just. I'm sure there was a lot of confusion and uncertainty last year, and when big time decisions need to be made or. Uh, Things like that can just kind of get screwed up when you don't have a singular guy in charge. So I think having that one guy to go to has has helped the players a lot this offseason. Well, and if you're a head coach, you really just I, – I just don't see how that works out for you a lot. Being – I mean, Vrabel was Demons coordinator last year. Yeah, I pretty just, much. I don't think you need to be doing that. I love – like, obviously, head coach, final say, you get the play calls in when you really want them. But you need to have – someone who is specifically handling that for you. Yeah. You know, you can being 
conversation with them and make the final call and everything, but you need to have someone taking care of that because you got other things to worry about. Agreed. Yeah, Rabel needs to worry about finding the little loopholes and penalties like which that he's time awesome we played at. the Patriots yeah. and we got that weird penalty with the time. Like, yeah, Belichick, that's what he needs to be focused Belichick on. got about, mad, but that's his trick. How about last year when we beat the Texans in overtime and before then, Jonathan Joseph's standing out and he's trying to come off and Vrabel just kind of goes, stay, stay, stay out there, stay out stay there. there. And Jonathan yeah. Joseph's like, what is he doing? Then we realized penalty for 12 men on the field stop, stops the stops clock. The clock. Gives yeah. us extra time to go yeah. down and score. Just, I mean, those things are, that's what Vrabel as a head coach needs to be worried about. He doesn't need to be thinking about, oh shit, are we going to call cover two or are we going to get a blitz here? Like, get, let, let the guy who's the coordinator do his job and let him do that. Vrabel needs, Vrabel's big picture. Shane Bowen and the OC are smaller picture. Exactly. I agree. Let's talk a little, uh, Let's talk about some of these young quarterbacks yeah, that's that are coming to the league. To. So we got let's let's look at it. top four. You got Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, all coming in the league. What do we think? Do we each want to give our kind of order? Actually, of yeah. Let's think? let's why rank don't we go them. in a little circle? Will you want to kick us off? Yeah, I'll do a little. Are we going to assume that all these guys start? I think eh, so. Well, Trey Lance might not be the only one, but I think he's going to start. But Trey Lance may not start. Uh, I will say this: He will 100% start at some point in the season yeah. because same with Justin Fields too. Even even if he's not, even if he ends up not being better, Garoppolo's shown Garoppolo, that he can't stay healthy. His yeah. bones are made out of glass. He's going to get hurt. Yeah. Also, that throw we saw trail. If hopefully everyone saw it on Twitter, that on sidearm running running to the sideline sidearm dot right. to the middle of the end. Zone. A lot of people were calling it the greatest throw of all time. Yeah. So watch out, football. But yeah, anyway. let's let's get our let's give our rankings here. So, and this is a little tougher, right? Because you kind of look at team success and what it'll look like. I'm going to say, as far as a career goes, is that how we want to do it? Or do yeah. we want to do just Why this just, season who has the best season? I'm saying who will be the best overall on their career. Because I think okay. five years down the road, who's the best? Because it's unfair. Because, I mean, Trey Lance right now has by far the best team, I would correct, think. Correct, correct. So we, we probably need to, I guess, relate it to their right. overall okay. careers. So I'm going to go as far as best careers. And it may take a while for my first two guys to get going. I'm giving Trevor Lawrence number one after what I saw from him in college – Especially in some of those big games in that national champion when when he first won that national championship against Alabama, I was thinking this guy's the next Peyton Manning. Some of the throws he was making, and granted, yeah, he had great receivers, but that's not that's one of those you can argue the whole Mac Jones great receivers thing, but some of the throws I've seen Trevor Lawrence make that were just on the money dimes. Uh, not a lot of other guys can do it. Uh, yeah, I'll never forget. I was. In College Station at Kyle Field, Clemson play, came to play the Aggies, and it was like one of Trevor Lawrence's first appearances in college football. And he was doing that weird thing where he switched out with that other quarterback at Clemson. Kelly Bryan at the time, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he came in the game and threw probably one of the most beautiful passes I've ever seen, and they scored on us. It was, he came in, in the first play he came in, he threw this insane pass. Like, He's got an incredible arm. And he's a guy who's been, I mean, he's a number one recruit the whole time. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's yeah. lived up to everything. He's been. He's Arch Manning before Arch Manning. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I remember, y'all probably didn't watch this, but I'll watch the Elite 11. They'll throw it up on YouTube every now and then. And it, it's a legit uh, show on YouTube. You know, they yeah. they film it and do it's a, it's kind of set up like a documentary almost. It's the hard knocks of high school. And I just remember Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields were in it together. And first day out, they're doing a competition. They save Trevor Lawrence for last to throw this bomb. And it has to be... You get points, right? So a completion is like one point. Um, in the numbers is two points. And then a dime is three or five points, which is face mask. Right in the face mask. Yeah. And he comes out and just throws this back shoulder pass in the end zone face mask. As the, as the last guy to go. Just... Everyone's saying, hey, we're letting the number one guy go last and we're going to see what he can do. And he delivers. And that's obviously, you know, that's a high school camp or whatever. But that's just something I related to. He's just continues to live up to the hype, whatever he does. He goes to Clemson. 
and is one of the best college quarterbacks we've ever seen, one of the best natural throwers of the ball. So I'm going to say I don't know how the Jags are going to do. The good thing is the rest of the AFC South outside of the Titans sucks too. So maybe he will have a better chance than the Jags have had in recent years of kind of getting it going. Um, but I can see him, even if he doesn't stay with the Jags forever, maybe get put in a better situation or maybe they get things kind of cleaned up over there and he has a great career. But, okay, so my number two, this is where it gets controversial. I think most people would say have Trevor Lawrence one or two and or at least think he's going to have a good career. I'm going with Justin Fields at number two. Really? Ooh. And I, I know a lot of people will disagree with me on that, I've been hearing a lot of good things out of him from Bears camp. He's just an athlete, man. Oh, he is good. And he's keeping pro- up with Bears camp. He's <laughs> He is somewhat proven as well. I mean, I say somewhat proven. I mean, obviously he is. He went to Ohio State and balled out and played great. Um, but I think he also just has the arm talent. I think he's athletic. I don't – maybe you could argue, you know, with his ru- running around a little bit, he might get injured or something, especially on the Bears early. But I just think that guy can light it up. And we'll see. I think especially with some good weapons around him, he could be good. I'll go ahead and go. I'm going to go three, Trey Lance. I think Trey Lance could be a good starting quarterback in the league. Zach Wilson is, for me, number four. And to me, he's just kind of the poster boy combine guy. He's got – I think he has arm talent. I mean, he can – he can bomb yeah, he can it. Sling it, and he's huge. He's got he can run around a little bit. He's an athlete. I just don't know. I I don't have a good feeling enough about him just from competition. I mean, they played yeah. some good teams. Don't get me wrong. It doesn't help that he's on the Jets. You already yeah. have that. He's stig- on the Jets. That That's, stigma is in the back of everybody's head. Yeah, and it's going to be hard for him to get anything. I think all these guys, even though Lawrence and Fields aren't on great teams either, I just think it's going to be hard for Zach Wilson to get something going. And I don't see him as much of a competitor as a Fields. I think that's one thing that separates Fields. I think he's got a little Mamba mentality in him. I could see that. Is that because he went to BYU? No, he's not because his mom is like kind of hot. She is pretty hot, isn't she? Yeah. They Didn't they pull her up at the combine or something? They did. Or uh, draft. Yeah. Anyway, I've got Zach Wilson in last. I just, I mean, who knows? He could be good, but I don't see him even being a starter for the majority of his career. Personally, and it's kind of a hot take on my part. I think. Yeah. I, I would say some people may even have him as kind of their number one, just off of potential alone. But I just don't have a good feeling about it. Uh, I'm gonna go Trevor Lawrence one, Trey Lance two, Mac Jones three. Wow, I'm bringing Mac Jones into this. Okay, Mac Jones three, um, Zach Wilson four. And Justin Fields, five. I just don't think Justin Fields is very good. You don't like Justin Fields. I do know It's that. not that I don't like him. I just don't think well, he's that good. That's what, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know. It seemed like in college he would make one read, and then if that read wasn't there, he would panic. Yeah, but, man, he can sling it. Well, yeah, he can <laughs> sling it. They all can. But, I mean, obviously Trevor Lawrence is incredible. He's been, like, the prodigal son ever since he was in high school. Um. Yeah, Trey Lance has got a lot of talent, and the one throw, possibly the greatest throw of all time that everybody saw on Twitter, that's bumped him up to number two. Mac Jones, I don't know if it's because he went to Alabama and because he's now on the Patriots, and we've just been so used to seeing Tom Brady be super cool on the Patriots for the past 20 years before he went to Tampa, but he just kind of reminds me of like a Tom Brady guy. He's a big dude with a decent arm and he's got leadership capabilities and he's smart, not the greatest athlete, nope. but you know, he's doesn't have to be the greatest athlete. He's the quarterback. He's a game manager. So he's like the coach on the field, the field general, as they say. And uh, Zach Wilson, you know, he is what he is. And I just don't think Justin Fields is very good. So, so did you have, you had Trey Lancet too? Uh, or, Trey Lance too, and I I could see Trey Lance ended up being good. I'm he's just more of a question mark because you know obviously North Dakota State we don't really know, but I I think he has the potential to be really good. Mac Jones for me the only thing that's I don't even really care about the whole oh he was throwing to 
all these great receivers. That's the only yeah, reason. He's still, he's still I, making throws. No, I, yeah, I don't, I don't buy that. But my thing is kind of along with most people don't want to pick against Bama in the playoff or something because you know don't. I mean, they're there every year until they prove me wrong. No matter who's they lost or who's coming back, people will still pick them just because they're Bama. They haven't proven you wrong yet. So going off that logic. Can you name me a successful quarterback in the NFL from Alabama? AJ McCarron, Joe Namath, um, Joe Namath, AJ McCarron has not been that successful. No, he's been a good backup, I'd say. Well, to me, he's gotten more tattoos in the NFL. To me, Mac Jones is AJ McCarron. I don't think he's bad. He he could be a starter for some teams, maybe. I just don't see him being uber successful anywhere. No, I cannot name you a good quarterback from Alabama. But we have to see how another Jalen guy who Hurts I think stinks. Tua. Tua, I think Tua stinks. We have to see how Jalen Hurts plays. Well, I hope Jalen Hurts plays well. Of course, but well, yeah, there you go. I mean, does do we? That count? Yeah, that's the thing. Does that count? I don't. I don't, I don't think it does because they also obviously the Jalen Hurts at OU was very different than the Jalen that's true. Hurts yeah, at Alabama. That's he may true. have been. Well, I don't want to say he was very different. Obviously, he was used different, but. But that's not fair to judge Mac Jones on the Alabama aspect. Right, but I'm just saying I'm going off yeah, until I mean, that's, someone, that's until what, someone yeah. shows me because, yeah, he lit up the stat sheets and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm pretty else. sure the – I'm pretty sure if you remember, Blake Sims bro- broke a bunch of Alabama quarterback yeah. records when he yeah. was there and then he went to the NFL. And I don't even know if he got drafted. He, I think he was playing running back. Like That's <laughs> that's the thing. They didn't even have him at quarterback. That's yeah. That's my point. I mean – not only did Mac Jones have the receivers, but you sit in a clean pocket all day for the most part. I mean, don't get me wrong. I give him his due. He he was successful. I mean, they the still had there. to play the best. They teams. had to play. Correct. Correct. I just am not. And they even beat the crap out of some of the best teams. I can't. I just can't be sold on him at all until he proves me wrong. Basically, it's fair. And I don't. I don't. That's just my top Jones. five. You don't have to like it. That's just mine. Oh yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> I got you. I got you. Yeah. Justin Fields, not good. All right, I'll finish this up here. Um, So this might be a little bit of a controversial pick, but I think Trey Lance is going to be the best quarterback out of this class. I had him at two, and I don't. I'm not really. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. And part of the reason why I think that is going to happen is a little bit what we were talking about earlier. The he is set up for success here. I mean, he's going to be able to learn from Jimmy Garoppolo. He's got some very, very good offensive weapons um, good at receiver. Coach. He's got a good coach, George good Kittle. tight end. Yeah, I mean, he's stacked there, and he doesn't have too much pressure because Jimmy Garoppolo is there. I mean, he's yeah. kind of running the ship for now. You got another young guy like Debo Samuel there, yeah. too. Yeah, Debo Samuel, Brandon no. Ayuk. Is I thought Debo oh, went to Carolina. Traded? Uh, um, who was they have? Um, Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, Brandon Ayuk. Mm. Um, but so I, I mean, I just personally think Trey Lance is set up for success, and I think a, a lot of the reason why he's being discounted is because he went to North Dakota State. Um, but the intangibles are there, the athleticism is there. Um, so I, I mean, I just think Trey Lance is going to be. Great in a setup for success, but I don't. I I almost want to call Trevor Lawrence one B because I think this could be the scenario where you have two Hall of Fame quarterbacks in one class. And I mean, I know I'm calling that very early, and I'm not saying that's going to happen. No, go for, for sure. Hey, that's what we're here for. Hot takes. I'm saying this could be one of those classes where you have, and maybe like Eli Manning and Philip Rivers. Maybe that would be kind of like a a good. Um, I guess, comparison to it. Um, so then I'm going to follow up after that with Justin Fields. I think he'll be pretty good. I think he maybe could be two or three-time pro bowler, have a couple of good okay, years. Yeah. Maybe be like in between an Andy Dalton and uh, a Tony Romo. Ooh. Interesting. In between. That, what kind of I, hair would that guy have? I don't know. That'd be a really weird, really weird hair combination. But I'll have... I'll have Zach Wilson coming in at four with Mac Jones, kind of 4B. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're pretty much on the same level. Um, not uh, not too big on Zach Wilson. I think 
He lit it up in college. He could be like one of those guys like Johnny Manziel that never really puts it together. He's not big. I mean, he's got a pretty good Zach arm. Wilson? Yeah, he's not too big, is he? He's pretty big. Oh, I thought he was like 6'2". I'll look it up. But also, my, my bad, uh, Debo Samuel still on the 49ers. I'm thinking of Curtis Samuel, who's on the Panthers uh, and is now on the Washington football team. So, sorry. Oh, that's all right. But, uh, yeah, Zach Wilson is 6'3", so he's a little bit bigger than I thought. But, I mean, he's not huge. Um, so, we'll see. I just don't have that much confidence in him. I don't think... I think he was a, a system quarterback at BYU. Obviously made some big plays, but we'll see what happens. I just don't have too much faith in him. Man, dude, I will say I loved watching BYU last year. Yeah, they lit they it up. They were fun to watch. They lit it up. Did they end up – did they play the most games or something? I feel like it, they had something well, weird I don't think they played like the that. most. I think they had one canceled, and then they, like, replaced it with that uh, Coastal Carolina game. Right, which was awesome. That was yeah, a good, great game to watch cool. because the, that was the one where – was BYU undefeated at the time? Yes. Or had, okay, yes. so I, both both of them were undefeated. Yep. Yep. Um, but you kind of got the – that was a situation where I don't think anyone was of the mindset that one of those teams could have really competed in the playoff. Yeah. No. Um, maybe scored a couple touchdowns, but not really competed. So that was kind of a fun fifth-place game or sixth-place, you know, just kind of a – Mid mid major type, yeah. Let's see yeah. what happens. Big bowl yeah. game. Hey, these teams are both really good, both top ten teams. Yeah. So let's see who can kind of win that battle for who's the best group of five, five team, yeah. basically. Along with maybe Cincinnati or something, but yeah. And I kind of have a problem with that. Saying, I mean, I think BYU deserve to be top ten, but saying Coastal Carolina's top ten, even though they may have been undefeated, I still like. I think that's silly to I mean, have them in the top dude, team because there are teams that may have one or two losses at that, like towards the end of the season. You know, they're like, you know, nine and one, nine and two, right? And right. even though Coastal Carolina is eleven and zero, I think that some of those nine and one teams would would just destroy them. They could have, but I think can you look, Trucial? Can you look up? But I guess the, the final talks. top ten teams last year. Yeah, I'll I just want to see because I want to think about that. Because for me, I'm, I may be a little biased because I think I won a lot of money on Coastal Carolina last year. I think they covered every game I picked them in. Grayson McCall, man, he was fun to watch. He was good. Is and again, the he's, their, he's their quarterback. Oh, okay. Mid-major type guy. It's different. But man, dude, I watched them and they were good. Trucial, read off. Uh, let's go, go from like 6 to 10. So 6, we had Oklahoma coming in. 7, Georgia Bulldogs. Eight Cincinnati Bearcats, nine Iowa State Cyclones, and ten Northwestern Wildcats. I think Cincinnati, Iowa State, Northwestern, that eight, nine, ten spot, Coastal Carolina's got a shot in all those games. I think I think uh Cincinnati's probably I would think Cincinnati's probably better than them. Iowa State Iowa State's a weird team for me. I could see Iowa State that being a good game, but for some reason, Iowa State kind of had some firepower at times where I could see them blowing them out of the water. That Northwestern game, Northwestern's a team that plays to their opponent, no matter how... They always do. No matter if they go 2-10 and ten one year or something, they'll go out there and play Ohio State and lose 14-10 to 10 or something. They just grind you out and play nasty football. So that's a game where Coastal Carolina definitely is... In the hunt there, I would think. And it looks like, yeah, BYU's right outside at number 11. Obviously, yeah. that was a close game. Um, I mean, you, I, I would think they're up there. Or they at least have a shot. I mean, what they end at 14, it looks like. Yeah. Yeah, 14. and I think it's right that the Florida Gators at 8-4 and four are 13th ahead of them. Because uh, Florida would definitely be because I agree with that. Yeah. I think that's right. Florida was a weird... I mean, you honestly... I think... I mean, you can't put them in the top ten because they're eight and four. Yeah, but that was such a weird team, yeah. and obviously COVID year, it's it's weird. But yeah, that's Trask, Pitts, Tony. That there's no Golly. way a lot of those teams would have had a chance at stopping that. Kyle Rio. Pitts is so awesome. He really is. He could be incredible. He's one. Yeah, you got to look out for him for sure. But yeah, the, those are the rookie quarterback rankings. Yeah, Justin Fields not good on the record. All right, boys. I think we're good to probably wrap it up. I would say good pod. Glad we got to give the yeah. listeners a little more NFL experience. Expect more NFL talk mm-hmm. along with college football. Mm-hmm. Once the seasons get going, we'll try to kind of recap 
all the weekends, kind of college and NFL, see how it goes, give our predictions, give our takes. Now, real quick, I did want to add one thing, one kind of funny piece of the podcast uh, before we finish up here. So did anybody see what O.J. Simpson said over the weekend? Did he yes. interview? Yes. So they, we got a, yeah, this yeah. is some old school NFL we're bringing in. Um, so OJ Simpson gave the reason as to why he does not go visit LA anymore. And that is because he's afraid the killer could be sitting next to him one day and he doesn't want to run into the killer. I guarantee the killer is right across from him whenever yeah. he goes in the bathroom. Whenever he looks in the stands, bathroom. Stands in front of the sink because. It's him. Yeah. <laughs> if he got on a plane to LA, the killer would be on the same plane. I mean, that's scary stuff. Scary stuff. I don't blame him. Watch out. If he's sitting in seat 11A, the killer is going to be having the same ticket in 11A. (laughs) Gosh, we talked about Ray Lewis, the Deshaun Watson thing. OJ Simpson, man. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Well, his was after, way after he... uh, I'm just glad he's staying safe. That killer, you know... That is true. I'm glad OJ stayed safe. might want some redemption for all the attention OJ's been getting, and the killer didn't get enough. Goodness. Very true. All On right, that guys. note, I think I think uh, that's probably a good stopping point. Um, like we said, more NFL talk coming your way. We will probably have a little Titans segment. Um, like we said, guys, we're fans here. This is what Paydirt's kind of about, just guys who are crazy fans about their team. So we're going to kind of implement a little bit of our fandom in every now and then we'll try to talk big picture on everything but like we said i mean it's fun for us to get to talk about who we enjoy talking about so we'll make sure that happens expect some hard knocks hard recaps um i think that'll be a really fun segment to throw in especially Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think it's good that we get to do it kind of day of the next episode so we can yeah we'll do the rundown listeners be sure you listen to the recap so that way you'll be ready for the episode that night Groundhogs. And to all you gamblers out there, we got some surprises coming your way too. We do. So get ready. As always, there's stuff in the works. We're betting against Justin Fields this year. That's what we're doing. (laughs) No, but uh, on social media, comment, tweet us, DM us. If you have any ideas, you want us to talk about something, let us know. Yeah, let any of us know. Yeah, like reset, comment, message us. We are on Twitter at paydirt underscore sports. Give us a follow. Also on Instagram, paydirt sports, just one word. And then be sure to check out our website as well, where you can find the podcast, some articles. We'll be putting out uh, plenty of articles just kind of on big picture stuff, as well as probably some power rankings once the seasons get going. And like Trisha said, we might have a little gambling content for you all, so be on the lookout for that. That's paydirtsports.blog. And also, we have uh, surpassed a little bit of a milestone on listeners, so if you would like to advertise on Paydirt Sports, be sure to DM any of those accounts as well. Thanks guys for listening. Had a great time with y'all. Be safe. Love you guys. Peace. See y'all next time.